This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another episode of the No Ceilings podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Tyler Metcalf. Metcalf, how are we doing today? Rucker, I'm fantastic. I'm very excited for the Timberwolves to take this 2-0 lead on, on the, the, the bum-ass Memphis Grizzlies. Um, <laughs> that's certainly not going to bite me in the ass, but that's fine. Uh, but I, I, I'm excited to, to, to chop it up tonight and talk some NBA and hang out with Corey and, and kind of get his, his thoughts on you know, stuff that's not necessarily draft, draft specific. Yeah, I, I felt like this was a good episode. We were always talking about the NBA draft, but I kind of wanted to, you know, get loose and, and talk about the playoffs because we are NBA fans, each of us. Um, everyone at No Ceilings has their own team, but we, we love to watch these games. And, and that's why I wanted to have Mr. Taliba on the show. Corey, how are we doing? How are we holding up? You know, what, what's going on? What's the latest? Uh, I just had some delicious Wagyu beef burgers made on the the infrared indoor grill so flying high right now um off that delicious meal i'm excited to talk nba playoffs you know as you guys touched on like this is why you do the draft so you can watch these kids when they're younger and see their development and make it to this part of basketball which is like the highest level you can get to right and their journey and seeing how they react to all these situations so um, outside of watching, you know, the, the superstar guys in the league that have been doing it for a while, it's just really fascinating to me to see all of the young guys stepping up on this stage and a much bigger stage, I think, than they get in the regular season, even if they're on teams that are playing on TNT and ESPN regularly. Um, the playoffs are a different animal, and this is when guys really make a true name for themselves. And I think that there have been some young guys who are in their second, third you're in the league who are making an impact. And I think that's awesome. So uh, I'm stoked to talk about it all. Yeah. I, I feel like that's exactly why we wanted to kind of get together and talk about this because, you know, we wanted to talk about the playoffs, but we also like your hinting Corey, we wanted to do kind of like shining some light on some younger prospects that are younger players in the league that are really starting to find their groove. And I think that's the underrated storyline with every playoffs is it, all of a sudden someone sees their game, you know, step to another level. And there's some guys we're going to talk about tonight that I think have been absolutely sensational in the first couple of games in the opening round. So, Corey, you're the guest. I'm letting you pick wherever direction you want to go, whatever playoff series you want to start with. You know, let's let's get weird. Let's have some fun. All right. Well, I guess we can save the uh, the Timberwolves slaying the bum ass Grizzlies for a little later. <laughs> yeah, uh, I continually want to bet the Grizzlies so hard now after that comment. So shout out Metcalf. Yeah, uh, I guess we can. I'm. I mean, I'm the um, one of, I think, two resident Bulls fans at, at No Ceiling. So yes. uh, I guess we can, you know, talk about game one of the 3-6 uh, East matchup, Milwaukee-Chicago, which uh, either went as as well as it could have or as poorly as it could have, depending on, I guess, you know, what side of the floor you're looking at for the Bulls. But um I'm definitely not leaving the game optimistic that the Bulls have any kind of realistic chance to win. Personally, I think it's a house money thing. As a Bulls fan, I'm like, hey, got to go line up against the defending champs in round one. That sucks, right? Who's going to beat them? Maybe nobody. So who knows where how far we would have gone if we didn't have to run into Giannis and the Bucks. Um, so that's a nice little thing I'm doing for myself. I can tell myself next year we'll be more prepared, got some some experience for the young guys. We were missing Lonzo. So this series, it's just... I'm flying high right now, regardless of the results. I'm hoping we steal one. How long has it taken in you to be just fully horrified of playoff Giannis? Like, cause I feel like it becomes a different monster, like watching Giannis in the regular season, when you're going up against him as a fan, 
is one thing, but but when it's the playoffs and, and it's a playoff series, I feel like you hold your breath every time he gets the ball, especially when it's in transition. Um, you know, being a Celtics fan, I've I've had to deal with that, and it's the most horrifying slow motion death you can probably deal with, besides like when LeBron has that look in his eye. So, has it just been? Are you fully in in fear yet, or is it going to take a couple more games? Oh, I've been uh, in fear since I found out like that was the matchup for the bulls. I last year I went to the Durant Giannis toe on the line game, um, which was the highest level of basketball I've ever attended and seen in uh, person. And that was on both sides with Durant and Giannis. So I am just fully aware of how horrifying this man is on a basketball court. And I saw the matchup and I was like, you know what? This is really, really good for my mental state. You know, because the Bulls haven't been in the playoffs in a while. The the three alpha years, maybe you remember them with uh, Rajon Rondo and Jimmy Butler as a Bull and Dwayne Wade. It was the last time we were in the playoffs. Just it feels like so long ago. And, um, you know, that was a series I felt like we could win in years past with, you know, Bulls with Derrick Rose, even uh, when he was hurt. I, there was always something inside me that was like, I'm not really afraid of LeBron, even though that was probably prime LeBron in the Miami years. <laughs> There's just something that was like, I'm afraid of the Miami Heat as a whole, maybe. But like, you know, there's nobody that strikes fear in me. Giannis, I've seen in person the kind of terror that he can bring upon someone. So I, I've been fully terrified the entire time. And as I said, because of the the matchup, I'm not going to talk myself into some fantasy where you know, the Bulls end up pulling this out. If the Bulls played just about any other team in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs, I could start having fantasy thoughts. Not with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. So, I, like I said, playing with house money, if we could steal one, maybe uh, if DeMar DeRozan can shoot better than 5 or 26 so people on Twitter don't call him DeMar DeFrozen, uh, <laughs> that would be great. And um, just, you know, maybe we see a nice... Io Dosumo game. Maybe Patrick Williams decides that he wants to look like the number four pick at any point in his career. I don't know. <laughs> something something this is, to, to... <laughs> this is why I wanted this episode. We're letting out some frustration. I know it. What's going on with Pat Will while we're at it? And then we'll yeah. let Metcalf talk because we can I can already tell he's pacing in his head right now about the <laughs> team. So yeah, well, what's going on with Patrick Williams is exactly what I thought would happen to him throughout his career, which is why. Uh, it was so shocking during the last week of the, the pre-draft cycle when it was like, oh, looks like he might be jumping up to number seven for Detroit. And then like last week, it was like, uh-oh, or the last you know couple of days before, it was like, oh, maybe Chicago at four. And, uh, you know, I remember texting somebody who would have been somewhat in the know who always responds to me and going, this is Patrick Williams thing. Is this real? getting no response and going fuck it's real (laughs) and look patrick williams has he he looked great as a rookie right but he just doesn't have he he just doesn't have that that next gear that you want to see from somebody where you're just like i'm the number four pick i belong on this court and i belong not only do i belong but like i should be doing stuff you know and i get it this year unfortunately like he got hurt very early on. He was out for most of the year. You could say he's working himself back, but he's, he just looks like the same player and it's not about the skill. Like I wish he was just out there doing stuff, even if it led to like some turnovers or some four shots, like just to see him put pressure and give the bulls another option. Um, when things aren't going so well, like IO fearless, don't have to tell that dude, you know, not to try to make an impact. If Patrick Williams had any bit of Kobe White in him, I think you'd be looking at him as, you know, one of the best young players in the league. You don't have to tell Kobe White to go in and and make an impact. It's not always a a good impact, mind you, with Kobe White. And oftentimes, actually, throughout his career, it has been a poor impact. But Patrick Williams, I need to see some fucking impact soon, one way or the other. I just, you're a young player. You're allowed to make mistakes in a playoff setting. Just go out and do something. Um, please, I can't look at the box score and see, you know, three points, zero, zero field goal attempts. And it's like, we're entering the fourth quarter. I just can't, I just can't do it. He has to do something in the second game. 
So be- besides Pat Will showing a little bit of urgency, literally at any point throughout a game, um, what el- is there anything that you are really dying to see from like Kobe White or Ayo Dosunmu that would make you more encouraged about their impact going forward? As you know, more than you know, just a, a a guard off the bench, but maybe a potential starter or someone who really elevates this whole team in the future. I've already seen enough from Io to think that he could be a starter in the future. Like that, that dude's rookie season. I love him. Um, above and beyond. I wrote about him for no ceilings and the kind of impact that he had, the defensive versatility that he brings, the fact that he was able to literally take on the challenge multiple times and, you know, giving Trey Young the absolute business um, as a rookie, just super encouraging him, uh, encouraging his shot has translated seamlessly. Like he just looks like he's going to be a player. And if he did a redraft, he's probably a lottery pick. Kobe White um, actually, I thought played really well in the first game and made an impact. He, he, you know, put the turn, flip the switch and, and was good Kobe and, you know, hit some shots and push the pace. And that's something the Bulls need to do against the Bucks. Cause if you slow it down and let the Bucks defense set up, you're in a world of trouble. They're just too long, strong and experienced to consistently get good looks for 48 minutes of a playoff game. So Kobe getting in there, putting the jets on and, and, you know, changing the pace was big. I hope he does more of that, even if he's not making a ton of shots, but as far as Kobe being a starter down the line, I'd be surprised if he was even on the team in the off season. Um, especially with IO, uh, you know, doing what he did not to say that the bulls guard depth, can't use somebody like Kobe white, obviously, you know, we were without Lonzo and Alex Caruso all within a short span. And you were like, all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're looking a little thin there. So you can never have enough like positive guard wing play. But um, my biggest takeaway about Kobe white's tenure as a bull is that he's not Darius Garland. So that's kind of what I have to live with in my head. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big um, realization. Um, the Pat Will thing, I just want to comment on it because it, it is so amazing how quick that rise was because I had the same situation, Corey. Like I, I had someone that I talked to that has just – I trust very, very intensely about like draft intel. And he was just like, Pat Will's scorching. Like he, he his stock is on fire. And I was like, where's that? He's like, Detroit. And I feel like a week later he was like – it's still scorching. It's going up even more. Like it's scary how high it's getting. And I'm, I'm kind of asking this. I just thought of this. I wanted to ask both of you guys, do you think there's a guy in this class, you know, cause we want to, we want to also like tie in this draft class too. Like that could have that similar situation where we're not ready for it, but it's just one of those like starts getting real hot. Teams are drooling because I, I feel like with Pat will, it was the idea of what he could become that it was so intriguing to front offices and you you heard about the intel, you heard about the high character, and everything was just you know glowing endorsements. So I'm intrigued to see if there's going to be a guy in this class where it's like those front offices are still going to have that same idea of like could this guy be that you know Tari Eason won't get out of my head. I don't know if he could be that sort of riser, but almost like that forward with the versatility defensively that you're thinking. Okay, he has offensive upside. I would say Suhan. Yeah, yeah, I like. You know, if if he starts knocking down some some threes with consistency in the workouts, it's like, and I I mean he looks huge on on tape, mm-hmm. so I'd imagine like when NBA teams start looking at him in person and seeing what he does, and like you know I went back and watched some of his like international tape, and he does like he's got a little bit more with the ball in his hands where he shows a little bit more wiggle, and um I don't know I feel like he's the Pat Williamsy guy. I mean, also Dyson Daniels who were already yeah. starting to, to be labeled as like potential top 10 pick. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he was the other guy, especially if like he really does measure in at the reported six, eight, that's going to start getting, you know, teams all hot and heavy. So I, for me, those would be my, my two bets. Metcalf, you got any thoughts about Bulls, Bucks? I mean, it's hard. To, I want to talk more about the Bucks, but it's just hard because we know this team. They're not. They don't have like a lot of young guys playing crazy minutes. But I mean, Giannis is just a freak of nature, and I'm just horrified about how good he's still getting. But Metcalf, you got any thoughts, or, or do you think you're still in that same boat about like Suhan be, being the guy that? 
could still climb up a bunch because I'm right there with Corey. I think Dyson, Dyson seems like he's there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I just saw a mock of him going like 20th and I was like, what the heck are we, what are we drunk? Like what's going on? Like, I feel like he's <laughs> just scorching right now up the board. Yeah. And the, the Bucks bulls game area, that series, I don't think anything is really going to surprise me if the bulls steal one, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I, I expect it to be over pretty quickly. Um, and no one on the bull shot well, but no one on, <clears throat> excuse me, no one on the bucks really did either. I mean, Chris Middleton was four of 13 and one of seven from three and drew holiday was six for 16. So, and Giannis you know, was that, in foul trouble, right? He, like he played 33 minutes when the rest of, you know, like drew and Middleton play closer to 40. So those extra seven minutes of Giannis probably will suck for bulls uh, nation as well. Right. And they were, they were doing like, an offense defense switch with him down the stretch too, which I'm not sure I've ever seen them actually do. So, you know, if you just look at the bull shooting is like, okay, these guys aren't going to shoot that poorly, but then it's like, okay, I also don't think the bucks are going to play that poorly either. So it kind of felt like the one game that the, the bulls could have stolen um, in terms of guys who I think could see like a real substantial leap uh once we get through kind of pre-draft workouts and everything suhan was the name that immediately jumped out to me um very different player but jalen duran i expect nba front offices to fall in love with um and he's one of the most impressive physical profiles in this draft and i think the youngest guy in this draft um and then also i think i wouldn't be stunned if like pbj or malachi branham also skyrocketed um everything branham does i adore and at pb pbj's size if he goes into a workout and shoots lights out yeah i you know nba front offices die for guys that size with that shooting ability I'm still shocked that Corey doesn't have a little bit more faith after, uh, you know, DeRozan and Levine go, what, 12 for 34 in game one? So come on, Corey. They got, they got a shot. You know, all it takes is one game. We get some adjustments. We're right back in this thing. Look, it would not shock me if it went to six. It would not shock me if it was a clean sweep. <laughs> Either way, like, I, I have no thought in my head. Like, when the Bulls have three wins is when I'll start being like, oh, maybe – Maybe we could beat the Bucks, and even then, until until the game's over and winning the fourth game, I'd be like, "Are we sure? Can we look at the tape to make sure?" Because this seems <laughs> like it would not be something that could happen. So, uh, faith. I think Levine can get hot. He started getting hot, um, and then he got in foul trouble, and that took him out of his rhythm. And he ended up shooting poorly overall, but he was starting to feel it when the Bulls were making their run. Uh, I think. The Bulls will adjust. I think Milwaukee did a good job forcing DeRozan away from his spots. They, you know, did a good job icing him towards the sideline instead of letting him get to the elbows. And initially, even when he was attacking downhill at the top of the key, they were stepping up in, in their drop a little early. So instead of getting to the elbow, he was like a couple of feet behind and it just threw him off his rhythm. I'd expect, you know, the the Bulls to adjust to that to get him better looks and uh, and whatnot. But uh, I'm just happy to be here, guys. It's It's been a while <laughs> since we went to the playoffs. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Okay, Metcalf, it's it's your time. We, we did enough. Let's let's get after it. Let's talk Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Um, how are we feeling? I I know we're recording right before you know game two. I I am pumped out of my mind. I'm drunk on the idea that the T Wolves could do this, but I'm also ready for John Morant to light the world on fire tonight. But I mean, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Um, do you want to just talk about Anthony Edwards for an hour and a half? Like what, <laughs> what, what direction do you want to go with this? So I, I wasn't really surprised. Um, if I'm honest, can you tell cause... it, can you tell us so we can bet on it next time then please? <laughs> well, so I mean, in the regular season, um, you know, that they, they they split both games and one of those wins for the Timberwolves was like a 46 point win. Uh, Dylan Brooks didn't play in any of the four and historically Dylan Brooks has torched um, the Timberwolves, but Anthony Edwards looked like a tenured vet out there, the way he was playing. Obviously the shot falling early for him is always huge and that opens up everything else for him, but he wasn't really getting baited into really bad shots in game one. And he just 
was really comfortable picking his spots. Uh, no one on that team can stay in front of him defensively. There was uh, one sequence, I think it was in the third quarter, where Dylan Brooks hit a three over um, Ant and was talking shit all the way down the court to him. And Ant immediately got the ball and drove past him with an incredible amount of ease and dunked it. So, you know, the Grizzlies had 43 free throw attempts to 27 on the Timberwolves. I know Jaron Jackson got in foul trouble, but that's kind of been the story of his entire career. So that doesn't surprise me. Exactly. Um, So yeah, if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think that changes the series, but Steven Adams can't guard cat. No one can guard ant. Um, I don't know what else jaw could do um, to really, you know, change. And he had an awesome game. He sucked defensively, but that's not why he's out there. Um, So why they kept guarding Cat with Steven Adams, I thought was really weird because the entire book on how to defend Cat all season is to do what the Clippers did and throw someone small and physical on him and get under him and get in his get in his space and really disrupt him. Um, so if they start throwing Brandon Clark or Jaron Jackson, and if Jaron Jackson can stay out of foul trouble, um, things will look real, real different. So I'm expecting some big adjustments. Um, I was joking earlier when I called them the bum ass Grizzlies, but um, I, it, it's, it's a fun rivalry and it's a really fun matchup. So I, 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 I'm not sure I still expect the Timberwolves to necessarily win the series, but everyone who is saying Grizzlies in four Grizzlies in five, I always thought that was a bit extreme and I expect this game or the series to at very least go to six, but probably seven. Well, this is this is the type of series you absolutely dream for because you know, and thank God it's on NBA TV. Yeah, really helpful. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, why can't they stretch games to like we we should be able to vote? We should be able to do a fan vote of like what game do you want to be on TV? But um, this is why I love the playoffs because now it's like okay, you know the players, but this is all about in-game adjustments. This is about mm-hmm. like adjusting on the fly, like coaching. Um, players kind of watching film and realizing like, okay, what adjustments do we need to be made? And it's like you said, Metcalf, like if you go back and watch that play in game where the Clippers were going against T wolves, like they put Batum on cat and cat was struggling. Like he, he was, yeah, just... they, they did that the whole regular season and yeah. every game where cat has really struggled. That's the way teams have defended them. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's weird that they keep going with Steven Adams um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of perseverance and I, I think they should keep trying that. Um, but I, it really feels like why well, I, I expect them to go to Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark sooner rather than later. Uh, before we get into Ant-Man mania, Corey, what are, what are you thinking? What's your early thoughts? So I, I felt this way for a while and, and look, John Moran is absolutely unbelievable to watch the impact he could have. I love the the whole story of Memphis and the team aspect and homegrown and organically built and Desmond Bain. Fantastic. They're one of those teams though, that I'm like, I've seen this movie before where they're just phenomenal in the regular season. They have so much depth. They've got like the one superstar and maybe like the guy like Jaron Jackson, who you would, you know, is like your second keeper, but is not really a guy who's going to like carry a playoff series. Like maybe he hits like six or seven threes in a game. But other than that, I'm not like, you know who I'm taking the over four on points tonight? Jaron Jackson. Like this was kind of like the story of a lot of the Bulls teams that I rooted for in the early 2000s that were like built on depth and draft picks. And the whole thing was always like, can we get Derek Rose some help? So when, you know, the heat trap him, we got some guys that could do stuff. And I think Memphis's players are a little more capable of that. But I think in a playoff setting, like every team, what, what, what do we always say? You shorten your rotation. So now you're doing what? All right. I guess you're cutting Zaire Williams out of the, the rotation a little bit, but most of the other guys are all like interchangeable guys. You want to play. They're a, a team to me that like they need to, in the off season, they're going to go into it going, all right, maybe we need to make a, you know, a, consolidation trade but i think minnesota actually has a pretty decent chance to win because anthony edwards is an absolute monster who can go toe-to-toe with john moran and best him not go toe-to-toe but best him and i just have more faith 
in Carl Anthony Towns, regardless of the fact that he struggled in the play-in game, to be a consistent second option than I do anybody on uh, the Grizzlies. So I think I might lean slightly towards Minnesota kind of sneaking out the the series. And, you know, the, the narrative is, all right, the Grizzlies are just, they're young and, you know, they'll figure it out down the line. But um, I don't know. There's something about Minnesota. The energy with, with that Timberwolves team is just, it's on fire right now. And I'm loving it as an outsider. They're doing a good job wearing, um, you know, the kind of retro anniversary jerseys, which have, I have some minor tweaks that I would, I would make, but for the most part is something they need to do. Cause Minnesota's rebrand just was in a horrible, awful mess. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. I, I wasn't a fan of it. It was boring, not, not uninspired. Great. You know, it's not the worst thing that ever happened here in to, to Jersey design. Um, that's another podcast. It's, it was just uninspired. <laughs> And Anthony Edwards doesn't deserve that. So I like that they wore the, you know, the kind of retro jerseys, which have a little flair, which match his personality. And uh, I want to hear more about Ann Edwards Jr., you know, in press conferences. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the, t- the Timberwolves bandwagon. I'm going to call both of you guys out. Where did you have Anthony Edwards ranked as, coming into the draft? Corey, we'll start with you. I had him at two. Okay. He was, he was one for me for a lot of the year. Um, and Did you then drink the LaMelo Kool-Aid. I was, uh, this is a safe place. I had, had LaMelo three. Okay. Um, Proud of you. LaMelo. Oh, I know the answer was, to this. I'm I was sorry. unbelievably frightened by LaMelo, but I, he was overwhelmingly talented and I consistently, uh, on like podcast interviews were like, he's like the best freestyle rapper ever. Where like, you just want to hear him on every single mixtape, but, when he gets into the studio to record an album on a major label, can he kind of steer that ship? And um, that might be a question that maybe we still need to know if it could be answered down the line. Obviously he's exceeded my expectations early on, but uh, yeah, I, I not surprised that he's awesome, but I was big, big Wiseman, big Wiseman guy. And um I think people are giving up on him a little too early. I think that he was way better his rookie year than most people want to give him credit for. And then he was hurt the whole year, which sucks. And if he's got injury history, then that's an issue. And, you know, that's a nice story we'll tell and reminisce about the 2020 draft cycle where we overthought a guy who played four games in his college career. And and maybe that's the highlight. Uh, But I was really big on Anthony Edwards and uh, the Michigan State game in, in Maui. Um, oh my gosh yeah we went nuclear i was like okay i don't we don't need to overthink this right and then there's one specific play i don't know maybe against kentucky where he like went through a whole bunch of people on a drive and it was like an in and out crossover spin up and under i was like that's the sickest thing i've ever seen a guard do Uh, so athletic i I don't care that he's shooting 15 percent from three the shot looks good i believe the eye test i'm in uh he scared me a little bit when he started talking about his you know his rap uh aspirations closer to draft day but I, I didn't waver from having him at number two uh Metcalf where were you at Mr. Timber, Mr. Timberwolf I actually think I know this answer so I'm just putting you on the spot because yeah, now no, you're the I, biggest man fan I, of all time I appreciate it um, yeah no problem that, that's what that, I'm that, 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 that bust that you just threw me under just felt really good on the back um I'm getting, so I'm I'm getting Grizzlies back I'm getting the fans <laughs> for from Memphis some love right now uh so I I, I had Ant at one for like 90% of the season and then overthought everything and moved him to is two or three, I believe. Okay. Um, and just the, all, the constant reporting of, Oh, does he actually love basketball and all that crap is just like Andrew Wiggins just being beaten over the face with more Andrew Wiggins PTSD. And I was just like, I can't do it again. I can't emotionally <laughs> do this again. And he is the exact opposite of, a person from Andrew Wiggins and and he, he's obviously uh and just obscene athlete and player and when the lights come on like he said uh he he shows up and in the biggest games he has always performed at a super high level which is something I was really worried about entering the draft but and he he plays the the amount of games that he's played since he was drafted which was only like a year and a half ago is absolutely absurd. 
Um, and you know, I, I, I get being high on Wiseman. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the amount of, you know, really important live rep opportunities that he's missed in really important developmental years, but I guess that's a, that, that's a different podcast. Um, so yeah, I, everything that Ant is now, he showed us flashes of in college and it's kind of similar to Jaden McDaniels where it's like college just wasn't for him. And he just needed to get to the pros and get in the system and, you know, play with the pros where he belongs. And he has been an absolute joy to watch from day one. Yeah, I had, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I had Ant at one. Um, I never left that island. And like Corey said, that game against Michigan State. It was absurd. I, you watch, I watched that over and over and over again. And I was just like, if this is what you're getting – this is a superstar. Like this would make anything drool. And, and I had Wiseman too. Um, I'm still buying stocks. So if you want to sell it to me, I'll buy it cheap. And then um, LaMelo three. And, and it wasn't a knock against LaMelo. I still love LaMelo. I still think he's a fantastic player. Like Corey said, he's exceeded my expectations way quicker than I expected. Um, but my gosh, like it is horrifying to think about the ceiling for Anthony Edwards right now. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing like that playing game, you could just tell right away. It was like, this guy is meant, he is going to become another monster on this level with the spotlight. But what he does now, like with his outside shot, he'll pull it from anywhere. He's getting downhill and he's horrifying. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not trying to put him in this conversation yet, but it's like off the dribble when he's attacking, he he has that like MJ Kobe vibes where you're just kind of like buckled to your seat. Like, oh my gosh. And he's, he's a big body. Like, he throws himself around, not just trying to dunk on everyone. He's just physical attacking the rim. So, I've just been – I'm so damn excited to see where he keeps going. And, and I really am with you guys. Like, I think Ant going up in this series, like, he can go toe-to-toe with Morant at, at any time. So, it's going to be really interesting to see, like, going forward. Um, he's like he's like guard Neek. That's a good one. It's He's just too strong for – his size like Fuck, who, that's a real who at his one, who at his position is even close no one like he's built like one of the like 2000s guys like you said like the the kobe like vince where like now like you know your your guards are more like lean quick and he's like as quick and fast as all of those guys but he's also like 35 pounds heavier and just like brick wall is his athleticism is like unbelievable it's scary it obviously like this was nothing surprising coming out of college but he's even more athletic than i think he showed in college like some of it and maybe it's the extra space that he has in the nba to get like a it it's kind of mind-boggling and it's in a way like maybe it's my ptsd from derrick rose where like with ja i'm just terrified anytime he jumps in the air yeah yeah, I'm, I, I'm there with you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not scared at all for Anthony Edwards anytime he jumps in the air. I am terrified for whoever's in front of him, <laughs> whether it's, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, big body or whoever. Like, he's not going to be moved. Like, he does the moving. You know, he's the the, the Walter White of of the, the midair collision. The dude is a terrifying athlete. I think he's like, we look back like he's going to be in that Vince Carter type tier of just monster memorable moments um, throughout his career. So one of the most exciting players I think the league's had in a while. Yeah. And I, I, I would think that they will try to make him a star. They need to jump all over that because it, I think you worded it perfectly, Corey. Like he was an explosive athlete at Georgia, but it seems like he's found another gear, which is horrifying for like an off ball guard with his size, because he is so damn explosive. The handles are getting better. I still think he has a a level to reach as a defender where it's going to be really horrifying. Like, I think he has the skills to become a serious weapon defensively. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to dream because I really feel like there's such a high ceiling with Anthony Edwards. 
And and he's taken a huge defensive leap this year, especially where he was last year. Um, and and we're seeing it in you know these games where he's locking in and being a disciplined on ball defender, but then just a nightmarish defensive playmaker. Um, and then I mean, with his athleticism, the the vertical pop um, obviously makes the highlight reels because it involves him making these absurd dunks that you know, 5% of the league can do, but then he has like the same deceleration and body control and Euro steps that we see from, you know, prime James Harden or Luca, where he's going full speed and then immediately slamming on the brakes and you're stepping four feet to the side, to the other side of the lane. And it's like when you're pairing that absurd first step with that deceleration and that vertical pop, it's like, how in the world do you defend this guy? And when things are clicking for him and defenders have to worry about his shot like they have these last two games and most of the season they're proving that you can't really guard them Metcalf do you feel like it's like coaching that's just unlocked his defense or do you think it's like playing with Patrick Beverly or or is it a combination of both because yeah I always felt like he had the tools he just needed to lock in you know and some guys have that (laughs) when they're in college they just need to all of a sudden like flip a switch yeah, I would say it's definitely a combination of, you know, all of it. Um, his, his rookie year, he really was close with like Ricky Rubio as that veteran leader, and he learned a lot from him. Um, and then this year, him and Pat Bev have kind of had that similar relationship. And Chris Finch has done an absolute masterclass of coaching this team. Um, and every top to bottom in that rotation has nothing but praise for Finch and the way that he holds everyone accountable and, you know, really requires them playing both sides of the ball, I think has been really important. So I I, I definitely think Patrick Beverly from an on-floor standpoint has really changed the culture of that team, but schematically and putting guys in the best position to succeed, Finch has done just an absurd job with this team. And always had, like you said, he always had the tools. Like I yeah. remember um, during the cycle and maybe it's just cause we were trying to find things to talk about in that draft cycle. Cause it went on so long, but maybe it was the, like the, the Korean connection or whatever. Like he was getting Dwayne Wade comps defensively. Cause he, he was one of those guards that was like blocking a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's always had the, his movement. Uh, I mean, it was, it's always there. It's not surprising that he turns into, you know, a two way guy. I'm still weary of guys like that, you know, exerting that defensive energy for, you know, the 38 minutes they're playing um, fully, but he doesn't need to do that. You know, he needs to turn it on when it matters and in those clutch time moments. And he's, he's fully capable of that. It's go, go Minnesota. You guys feel like you needed this one. Yeah, I'm pre- I'm pulling from the night so we don't listen to this podcast tomorrow and Metcalf's like <laughs> slamming a speaker on the ground. But no, so I, I I kind of expect them to lose tonight because Memphis is that's at how home. the playoffs should go. Yeah, it, right, right should. exactly. Um, and you know I, I you know I'm I'm gonna be a little biased and say Timberwolves in seven, but I by no means do I think that this is that them winning game one is you know, an, an end to the series for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies certainly have enough talent and different ways to go. Defensively, they need to change a lot and stop putting Stephen Adams on Carl Anthony Towns. But my, my real only concern with the Grizzlies is, do they have that second guy who can create his own shot? And I know we saw Desmond Bain t- take a leap at that this year, but so much of their offense is set stuff or John Morant just being John Morant and that will end up in 30 plus and 20 free throw attempts again. But how is anyone else on that team getting their own shot when stuff breaks down? And that's where I think Minnesota really has an advantage because they have three guys on the team that can do that. Okay. I'm, I'm shifting and I got, I'm going a little off record. I got a question for you guys and you have to give me your honest answer. Um, I'm going, I'm kind of tying in two playoff series right now, but we'll go into it. So young player, we wanted to talk about some guys that are making some contributions that are surprising us, but um, Tyrese Maxey or Jordan Poole, who has impressed you more? Corey, I'll start with you. Because I just looked up their numbers in the last two games of the series and I'm shocked by how close they are. Who's impressed me more is Jordan Poole. and, And I say that because I've, been a, a Tyrese Maxey truther from from Jump Street 
like even through the draft cycle, I was high on him, had a top 10 guy. So I'm not shocked at all that he's awesome. Like I thought he was going to be awesome. Jordan Poole, I remember, um, I was like, oh, he's definitely a heat check guy, you know, and I could see he's got like, I'm very big on when it comes to guys like, like him, I look at it and go like, can this guy be a six man in the league? Like, can he just fill that role? And immediately if the answer is like, yes, I'm like, all right, well then he's probably going to be worthy of like a top 20 pick. Like that's why I was kind of in on Cam Thomas and Josh Christopher last year. It's just like those guys usually at the very least, like you're looking at a guy who's going to be a good six man somewhere. And once eventually they become Jordan Clarkson, they find the right team. And all of a sudden they're a six man of the year candidate. So Jordan Poole, I kind of thought that's what his destiny was. And maybe you can argue it. It is. He's just like the Jamal, the you know, next Jamal Crawford who can just play that role forever. But obviously, like when it's time, somebody's going to throw a bag at him and he's going to get, you know, either Golden State decides they want to take that money on. I don't know. Um, maybe that's the, the Moody Kaminga plan to hopefully have insurance for that kind of situation or or he'll go do this somewhere else. But like he's stepping up on in the playoffs, uh, you know, against a team that is a little uh, beaten, beaten up. Um, but he's showing out on a, a huge stage in the playoffs and getting better than he was in the regular season where he was awesome. So I'd say I'm more surprised by, by him because I don't think most people expected this to be the player that he turned into. Certainly not you guys after listening to, uh, you know, one of the most recent episodes. <laughs> why, why, why are we going to bring up old shit? Come yeah, on. Yeah. God. Stop living in the past. God. Move no, on. No, uh, Metcalf, are you at the same boat with Corey where it's Jordan Poole's <laughs> just continuing to make us look like assholes? So I would say ba- based on the playoffs, so like just, just the playoff performances, Tyrese Maxey has surprised me more. Yeah. Where both players are at in their current career development, Poole has definitely surprised me more. So um, I, I liked Maxi. I don't think quite as much as Corey, but I, I was a little more hesitant on the shot. And well, that's been automatic um, since the new year, basically. And if he's really turning into this guy, then it's like, okay, now this is the 76ers second best player. And I, I wasn't expecting that from Shots him fired. this quickly. <laughs> tell, tell me I'm wrong. Um, but, and if, if you have James Harden just being a, awesome playmaker I and mean, his passing vision and like some of the decision make decisions he's making at the top of the key and setting get setting up guys like maxi um it's really important um but with like the athleticism the burst the the kind of space creation from maxi or what that he's shown um in these playoffs i wasn't expecting that from him so quickly uh jordan pool i mean god and he's gonna get a max this year and i I could be off by a year or so on this, but I believe that by the time Wiggins's contract ends, that's when Poole's extension would kick in. So I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they essentially just swap those, um, which the way they're playing that, that lineup with their main three and Poole, it's been absolutely absurd. Um, his shooting, and one of the reasons why I said I was a little less surprised by his performance so far is I think when you're playing with two savants in Draymond Green and Steph Curry, it elevates everyone around them. And we saw that from Wiggins this year. And I think Poole combined with his work ethic and their whole development program um, has really helped elevate his game overall. So the second half of the year, he was showing this a lot. And the fact that he's reached the type of player he is now um, t- from where he was coming in or coming out of Michigan. It's been pretty ridiculous development. Yeah. I mean, pool is his first two games. He's averaging 29.5 points, three rebounds, 5.5 assists, shooting splits of 65, 58, 91. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Maxi's at uh 30.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, five assists, shooting splits, 68, 57 100 so the guys are just going out out of their minds right now i think maxi's 
Maxie's like you said, Metcalf, he shocked me the most in the playoffs because yeah. when they got Harden, I thought it was going to go either two ways for Maxie. I thought like this guy that was growing was either going to keep taking off or was all of a sudden going to come back down to earth and kind of have that developmental stump, you know, in a weird way. And pool has just been freakish. Um, me and Metcalf have eaten crow about how we had him coming into the draft but you brought up a good, you guys brought up a good thing about pool, which is it's always one of my like favorite underrated things to watch is when a guy's entering free agency or, or he's about to get an extension, he's about to get paid. And I'm always curious, do those guys chase the, the money or do they realize like, shit, I'm in a really good spot. Like I should get paid here to stay here. Cause they have a great plan for me moving forward where I could keep having success. Cause like, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Obviously, money is green, so that, you know, that grass would be fantastic. But I do feel like there's some risk if you're just all of a sudden this new option where you're just on fire and you go to a new system. Like, I know big contracts this is, are really This intriguing. is called the uh, the Ben Gordon kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you, we've seen this a lot where guys are like, okay, yeah, new, I'm going to get a huge contract, go play for this new team. They were going to make me the guy. And then I, I feel like we've seen guys struggle. So the pool thing is going to be fascinating to me. Cause I, I really do think if he stayed with golden state, they had Moody develop, they had Kaminga in the wings. Um, you know, everyone relaxes and Wiseman goes crazy and he's healthy. I mean, golden state could be a problem for years to come. Like, I mean, especially with the big boys and so, but what do you guys think? So he's, he's extension eligible, but, I don't think Golden State's going to give him. They're going to wait another year, right? Unless they go to Pool's team and they're like, what do we think? Uh, Four years, 80 million? You know, like something where it's like a ridiculously crazy value deal. That's the only way I see that happening. So then he's on the final year of his rookie contract at 3.9 million. And he's a restricted free agent of which like, they can just have the option to match. So um, to me, it just makes sense for them to wait. But I, you know, I, I think they'll tell him like in restricted free agency, like go find it'll, they'll do the Levine thing, like go find a deal and uh, we'll match it. And I think that's ultimately what happens. Who else you guys got? Who else has been impressing you in the playoffs? Um I feel like this is always fun. We're getting a little bit outside of our box. It's like, okay, we're just, we're shooting the shit now when it comes to, to hoops. Um, I keep waiting for Okongwu to take the leap and I thought he was going to do it with the uh, Clint Capella injury, but I feel like I'm still going to keep waiting and hold on to my, hold on to my stock. Uh, Kaff, you got will, anyone? He'll oh, always go ahead. be, the, he, no, he's always going to be the quiet, good guy. Like his, he'll probably always have like good advanced numbers. The other stuff won't blow you away. But that dude's got to – he just absolutely has to start staying healthy. Yeah. Um, I'm upset about Scotty's in, injury. Yeah, that sucks. Very pissed. Because um, I don't think even with Scotty, Toronto had a chance to win the series. But it was at least, like, fun watching him in a playoff setting as a rookie. You know, when he's – there's a good chance, like, that's the rookie of the year and seeing what he does. And his his arc is – unbelievable from a guy who like you questioned at florida state whether when he's coming off the bench like whether he had like the aggression and and dog in him to like make that leap as a scorer and just absolutely right away he did like didn't have to wait at all he just he just did it and now you're like all right this guy's ceiling is that like who knows like how how high he can climb and and what kind of player he could turn into so that's a bummer um I'm really you know what that in... series is, is Corey. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go, um, go ahead. You know what that series is for Toronto? You got to get one because you have such a young team. If you could just steal one and have that victory high of like a playoff win, it changes everything. And I was bummed so bad when when Scotty got hurt because I was like, oh, I wanted Scotty to have a full playoff series, even if they got just torched. I wanted him to get that full run. Um, but go ahead, and, and then I'll have another point. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah, and you know, while we're here, I mean, free Malachi Flynn, guys. Let's, let's get this guy <laughs> some some big minutes. I'm still a believer. Uh, 
I'm really what did he do? <laughs> what did he do to that organization? He, he pissed someone I off. Want answers, he say. really did. <laughs> he really did. I. He's going to be an awesome guard somewhere at some point. I'm really interested as a New Yorker um, for the the Dallas Utah series. I'm sure you are, um, because <laughs> shout the, out to Brunson. The shout buzz Brunson. in New York. Well, there's two narratives here oh, for yeah. my for my Nick fan friends. One, I think they they love the idea of Jalen Brunson. I think that you know that's something they've been linked to for a while. But then also, native New Yorker, Met fan, um, Donovan Mitchell is like the prized yeah. possession. Like, oh, we're getting is, into weird territory now. This if is we're the guy in, this in New York. Like I'm surrounded. Like I'm a Bulls fan. I got no dog in the fight. If the Utah Jazz start to implode and all of a sudden they want to throw us a Rudy Gobert deal somehow, I'll take it. Don't you know? Push comes to shove. Uh, but I'm staying out of it. Otherwise. But the New York, the Donovan Mitchell thing, like these guys, they fucking hate each other. And, and it's obvious by the game on the court where like, they're just chirping at each other. Like it, that's it, about to implode. Every time anybody scores from the perimeter, Gobert starts stomping his feet like a petulant child at all of Utah's uh, players. And they just got to be like, just how do you say fuck you in French? Like, because <laughs> that. Um, so I, just from the narrative standpoint, um, I'm excited about that. And believe me, uh, you know, NBA media is turned into the least creative medium anybody could ever get into. If I had to hear one more fucking MVP podcast by every media outlet, I was going to fucking just (laughs) drive my car into a tree or something. Uh, so I'm sure that every big media outlet will start talking about this uh, Donovan Mitchell to, to New York situation. And we're going to get the really nuanced, realistic stuff. We're going to get some like Julius Randall straight up type stuff. It's going to be great all around for like four days until it gets overdone. But the first four days of that conversation is going to be really interesting. Taylor Horton Tucker, Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> But um, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone listening. It took fucking four, 50 minutes for everyone to loose up and, and have some fun with the NBA talk. The Mitchell thing is going to happen. Um, my only belief is I think they're they're going to get rid of Gobert first, try to like save face for a year with Mitchell and then yeah. try to. But it doesn't like Utah. It sucks because I, I. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Corey. Luchvich, you know, no Patrick bias. Williams, Kobe White and uh, first round pick. It works in the trade checker. I didn't send it, send, send it in, but um, it sucks because I thought Utah every year. I was like, the, the roster's there. It, 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 they just gotta click, and, and now it's like, what are we doing? We we gotta go a different direction. Um, I still think they'll they'll move Gobert. I'm really hoping Charlotte doesn't desperately just throw everything to get Gobert and give up our Mark Williams dream. But that's probably gonna happen. Um, probably. Well, let me I'll, ask you quickly. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Because I think Mark Williams is maybe one of the potential answers. Do you think there's anybody from this draft that if you were just like, here's a jersey, you got to go play 20 minutes in a playoff game? Like, who are those guys? Oh my from gosh, this I, draft? Lo- I love this question. Metcalf, if you have anyone off the top of your head, because now I'm, I'm zoned um, Here's a sorry. jersey you have to stick on a court for playoff minutes right now? 20 minutes. You got to give me 20 minutes. Just coming straight from your pre-draft workouts straight to an NBA playoff game, who can give 20 minutes in this entire draft? Um, my, my rapid reaction would be Ochai or Mark Williams. That would be my rapid reaction. I would feel better about Mark Williams. I will be honest about that. Okay. Um, so Chet and Paolo? I mean, where are we at? Keegan- Keegan Murray, I don't. Uh, Chet's probably holding it down defensively. That, I, I think see, so. Now, now, now you're really, you know, it took. I us think pa- the late for me, Paolo, I think is the answer. Paul Paolo, yeah. Defensively, just because I think he can handle it physically. <laughs> well, look, offensively, he, he's a bucket. We, we, I mean, for 20 minutes, yeah. I could go say, "You're our seventh guy. Go get us some offense," and he'll, he'll hit that mid range easy. Look. I, here's my my Paulo thing quickly. 
Paolo should be like the number one guy for everyone by a mile. We don't have to do Apollo quickly talk. We can we have okay, the like, live button. Well, going. I don't know we how can long do it as long as we be. fucking want. No, it can do as long as we fucking want. Metcalf doesn't care about longer, the Timberwolves game. <laughs> uh, all is he should be the unquestioned number one pick. It shouldn't uh, be. It nobody should have any qualms about this. The are reason you we away do, from Chet? Uh, no, the reason that that we <laughs> that I have Chet one, and the reason that. I don't have Paulo one. It's because every any time I've ever watched Paulo, dating back to high school, he's just mostly like, don't don't care. I'll care when I care. And it's to me, it's like different than the Ant Edwards thing because I never got the I don't care from Anthony Edwards. It was just like, I really like shooting this shot. <laughs> yes, and maybe it's a decision maker thing. The Paulo thing is just like. Like going to see him at the beginning of the year where he was awesome. He had the cramps or whatever. And then see him at the end of the year uh, against Miami in the ACC tournament. And he had a couple of the moments where I was like, oh man, he's doing some, some Chris Weber type stuff out there, man. This is, this is really great. And then like two minutes later, I was just like, man, fuck. Why just do stuff? Why are you not doing stuff? You're just standing there. Stop standing there. And I got really down on it. And he should be the number one guy. He could, like I said, I think physically, like, I, I think he could body like a guy like DeAndre Hunter right now, who's like a, a big ass dude on the wing. And he should just be the number one guy. And I just don't know if he's ever going to want, what a tough bet that's got to be for a franchise where it's like, so you're going to give us like a lot of consistent effort or cause I'm watching this stuff and I see it sometimes. And I, are we going to see it more? And he's going to be like, yeah. And then like, is he, I don't Metcalf, know. That's my at? thing. No, I, that, that was my biggest concern with him after like last summer when I was catching up on his high school stuff, I'm like, God, this dude is freakishly talented. And at that size, like what the fuck? But then it's like, Oh God, he is bored out of his mind. And I really wanted to talk, to chalk it up as, okay, he's bored and he's, 50 pounds heavier than everyone he's playing against and just out there trying shit. And then we saw it at Duke for 90% of the year. And it's like, oof, huh? Okay. It's like, if, if you're really going to be doing that at Duke too, on the biggest stages all year during coach K's love fest tour, like are why would we expect anything else from you? So I, I, I am really worried about that from him because when when he's really engaged, when it's clicking and he's attacking from the elbow and passing and you know attacking off the drive, it's like like Corey said, it's like yeah, this is a guy who should go number one in ninety nine drafts out of a hundred. But we so infrequently got that guy, um, or just didn't get that for sustained real periods of the, of the season. So you know, it's when when Corey's like. Yeah, when front offices are going to ask him, like, are who are we getting? It's like it. I get Andrew Wiggins PTSD flashbacks again of Glenn Taylor asking him, "Hey, are you going to work on your game?" Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's a max deal, and it's the same old Andrew Wiggins every single game. So, it, it's really tough because the the size, the physical profile, the skill, the scoring, the passing, all of it should be a number one guy, and yet so few of us are willing to make that leap with him. It's a little Ben Simmonsy. It's uh, it's uncomfortable. I just finished doing my deep dive on him, um, and I left it. And I was like, someone's going to take him one. Like someone is going to take him first overall because I I see it, yeah. I get it. It's unbelievable the versatility, the footwork had me drooling as always. The playmaking forty two year old LeBron, which we haven't seen yet. But like when LeBron's <laughs> forty two, I imagine he's going to look a little bit like Paolo. But it's the it's the footwork and the playmake. But I mean, like if Houston gets he's fucking first, awesome. If, yeah, if, if, yeah, he's really, he's yes. really good. He's if Houston really gets good. number one, I think they're going to take him. I really do, because I think that's going to be the Jalen Green. We're just going to have this dynamic offensive combo that's just fucking lethal, and then we're going to figure it all out. And then you know, Shane Goon's going to have twenty assists a game. It's going to be beautiful, but. 
I, I mean, I get it. I'm right there with you guys. And it's not like I'm just like, oh, I'm this biggest Chet fan. I just, I could also see Paulo hitting the next level and being like, I'm all in. Like defensively, I'm all in. Just like the spotlight. I'm in the league now, like going crazy. Give me the but, ball. I don't have to yeah. stand around while Jeremy Roach and fucking Wendell Moore run double stagger screens to the opposite side, and I just don't do anything for 14 possessions in a row. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. So, so, so is is the Did biggest. Did you like argu- Duke this year? Yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite watch. So, so like, it's the biggest argument in Paulo's favor: the fact that Coach K hasn't actually coached in like a decade. That's that's something. I that's something. I mean, like puppy, just guys. just one on. one AJ Griffin Paulo pick and roll the whole fucking season. Just one. Like, can we get? Guy, we couldn't see it. Watch your mouth. Of course not. But I mean, I I left my di- deep dive like even more impressed. So I get it. Um, and I do think he's gonna potentially be like. I think someone's gonna do it. I think someone if they win the lottery, they're gonna take Paulo first. Um, and it might it, it might not ultimately be the wrong move like again no like, yeah this conversation I'm not started that, yeah because i asked what players might be able to play 20 minutes in a playoff game tomorrow yeah and well you, me, you ejected us with draft talk now and now we can't yeah. shut up so for me he's the answer and so is that worthy of a number one pick yeah i think it is there's just there's just a little bit of a worry of there's the ben simmons syndrome for me where i'm just like all right ben simmons will care when he gets to the nba and he hasn't. Corey, obviously Paulo was the easy answer, but we're trying to get outside the box here and have a little fun. And we're also trying to spread the Mark Williams love, okay? But I, I think it's it would be Paulo. Mark, sure. I could, Mark Williams is a good answer, too. I mean, because, again, it's one of the reasons you like him, because he could just step on an NBA floor, and you're like, dive to the hoop, rim run, transition, please block some shots when the ball comes near you. Easy, right? Yeah. There's no nothing complicated. We don't have to worry about you know, Blake Wesley making decisions in you know, the second quarter of a playoff game. He, he would just for sure not be my answer. Just to, to, just to clear that up. <laughs> um, well, this was fun. You guys got anything else or are we wrapping this one up? Because I know Metcalf is, is looking at the clock. He's uh, I'm trying to distract him as long as I can, but if we want to wrap it up, I've, I've, Corey, this has been a blast. Like thanks yeah. for coming on. I'll just say the suns are awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, they got a lot of young guys who are really good, who took some time. So, you know, to bring it back to draft and development stuff, like just give this these guys some patience and eventually stop trying to lose games every single year and put some real pieces around these guys so that they learn how to win. Please. Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> There was plenty of teams that we could have talked about <laughs> it, it, deeper into into depth. Like, I, I mean, the Suns have been awesome. Shout out Herb Jones. Um, Ho- Jose yeah, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy, can we please let my man run wild? I am so amped for second year Trey Murphy. It's going to be yes. the revolution. New Orleans is a team. They're, they're, they're the fun team next year. Like the out of nowhere fun team. Like they, you saw it coming this year. And that's with or without Zion. Whatever happens, like. If they get healthy Zion, they're going to explode. Well, my Knicks fans' friends seem to think it's they'll get Zion and Donovan Mitchell. So, uh, you know, we'll get the ESPN graphic. It'll be great. But but, but they already traded away Kevin Knox. How how could they possibly match value? (laughs) Too soon. Okay. I'm I'm backing up Knicks fans. Too soon. They're not giving up RJ Barrett, guys. Yes. No. It's a deal breaker. Deal breaker. Um, all right. Well, in honor of Metcalf, Metcalf, best thing you saw in basketball, and you can't say the T Wolves. Anthony Edwards. I, I there, there's no other answer. It's an, no, um, no. I, I like like Corey kind of hinted at. It's a lot of these young guys who just need some time, and they explode. So the, where Devin Booker's ascended to, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, like not all of these guys broke onto the scene and were all stars as a rookie. That's rare. The Luka Doncic is not the expectation for rookies. Some of these guys take time to acclimate to the league and get a better situation around them. And then when they do, once they click and get those right pieces, coaching staff, whatever around them, it can produce magic. And there's a lot of really good guys who may have struggled 
this year or the, in their second year, but do not give up on them because we will see a lot of them emerge a couple of years down the line as legitimate playoff contributors. Amen. Corey, hit me with it. Uh, I'll just say the Bulls being back in the playoffs in general. Um, and more specifically, the thing I really enjoyed was the Caruso. I mean, he's been uh, a joy to watch all year, but to see just how awful it must be to be guarded by him at any position in a playoff setting. And he's, he was obviously like, he's a guy who he has a championship, not afraid in the slightest of the moment. And just like, Oh, you want me to guard Chris Middleton? Cool. He's going to try to back me down, except I'm stronger than him. He can't move me. It's like, Oh, you're going to put me on drew holiday. All right. I got it. Oh, I'm switched on to Giannis in the post send some help. We're going to have to double here, but also like, I'll try my best. So uh, the, the Alex Caruso uh, playoff defense was, was my favorite thing I've seen this week. For me, it's going to be uh, Gary Payton, given Marcus smart, his defensive no, cool. player of the year award was probably the coolest thing. Um, Cause we stand Marcus smart around here. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my, you know, my awesomeness, I could have gone a lot of ways about the Celtics, but, you know, I tried to not talk about them for four hours on this episode, so I let it slide. But and Just know. think, one one day in the, you know, the distant future, Trevor Kirils will be at a practice facility getting handed his Defensive Player of the Year award from Marcus Smart. It's happening, baby! <laughs> just it's speaking into existence! <laughs> We've talked about Duke too much. Yes, we have. <laughs> this was not supposed to be the Duke episode, but... Um, no, well, I'm wrapping it up. Metcalf, I don't do this as good as you, but if you want to plug away your stuff, um, then I'll try to pull this off, unless you want to do it and be be my shining hero. Uh, sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at TMetcalf11. Uh, no Ceilings on Twitter, at No Ceilings NBA. On YouTube, No Ceilings TV, uh, No Ceilings NBA.com. All of our written work, it's free. Go subscribe. No excuse not to. Wow, Corey, where can they find you? Uh, at Corey Tulliba on Twitter, NBA Draft Dude on YouTube, uh, the Draft Act podcast, uh, anywhere podcasts are are found. Um, NoCeilingsNBA.com. Subscribe to that shit, please. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we got some other stuff. Draft Deeper. Listen to Draft Deeper. Yeah. Listen to, uh, you know, the deep dives, NBA deep dives. I mean, all the, the work that the boys are doing everywhere. Let's get it all, all plugged. Just get it all out there. No, this was a blast. Thank you guys for doing this. I feel like this was a good refresher. Um, I'm Tyler Rucker. You can follow me at Backcourt V, but as the guys said, you know, go to noceilingsnba.com. We got a lot of good stuff coming, some special projects. Um, if you haven't seen, me and Corey are going to have a little fun YouTube segment coming out next week, so that's going to be a big one. And uh, Metcalf, I'm excited to get back on this with you Thursday. I feel like we got a special episode in, in store. So, um please follow us subscribe and you guys enjoy the playoffs and get ready for the draft it's right around the corner for myself Corey, and metcalf we will see you guys next time